So welcome to this week's edition of the Retail Risk Podcast, sponsored by Alltag. And thanks as always to our supporting partners, 3X Logic, Aura, Lodge Service and Intrepid Security. Now my guest this week is Steve Schenk. Steve is the Managing Director and Principal Consultant at Look Inventory Solutions in Australia. After more than 25 years uh, dedicated to local and international fashion industry, Steve has spent the last decade in senior positions with the world's leading RFID solution providers and work with global RFID early adopters. Now, Steve's seen firsthand the organizational transformation possible once RFID technology is embraced, and more of that in a moment. He founded Look Inventory Solutions in 2022 as a consultancy specializing in RFID tech uh, for manufacturers, retail brands, producers, and service providers, initially in Australia and New Zealand, and as we'll hear, uh, that is now going global. Highly regarded in the apparel, security, and RFID industries, He's delivered numerous keynotes, roundtables on the benefits of RFID in the retail supply chain. He is almost Mr. RFID himself. Steve, welcome. Thanks, Paul. That's, that's, that's quite a mouthful, isn't it, when you when you start to get into it? Well, do you know what? I, I say this to many of my guests before I go on. I sort of Google them and just, I mean, you and I have, have met numerous times. We know each other quite well. But it's only when you go and look at somebody on LinkedIn or, or Google them, you go, where do we start if your list just sort of goes on and on and on and your name pops up here and it pops up there but for many many years rfid has been within all of those references and uh and, and presentations and you've done numerous yeah. <clears throat> round tables on retail risk platforms and and i was sitting there thinking steve is mr rfid i i, I can't i don't know Too anybody far. else maybe a few academics, but from a commercial perspective, and it's not just Australia and, and New Zealand, it, it's kind of going further and further afield. So I guess, you know, come on, what is going on? Talk to me about your world at the moment. And, you know, is it is it Zoom calls, flights, consultations at silly hours of the of the day and night? You know, what, what does your world look like right now? Yeah, all, all, all of those things. I mean, um, it, it there's a passion there. RFID is a is a technology that that evokes a passion. It's it's fast, it's smart, and and it's transformational, right? So there's a real energy around it, and yeah, all those things. Um, really busy with multi-year projects. So there's not there's not a lot of things you can do in parallel with RFID because the the clients that we're working with, it, it's it's so it's it's really really multifaceted and it's hands-on completely hands-on so yeah we look we're we're working with multi-year uh projects with uh, the fantastic team at rm williams and and the lowe's group in in new south wales so um to work with heritage brands in particular yeah, fantastic fantastic challenge right fantastic opportunity and and, and these are and these are businesses 90 year plus that that are running towards data so it, it, re refreshing to see that but you know you never you're never too old to change you never you never know everything and uh and the technology shows that in a lot of instances it takes companies who think they were doing okay and then opens the hood and all of a sudden here's so much so much we can learn and do so much we can do better mm. It, it does feel, I mean, I don't know if you're familiar or many people listening, um, there's a uh, there's a research firm called Gartner, 
and they do something called the Gartner hype curve. <laughs> and I remember, you know, something launches, everybody gets really, really excited. And then they go, oh, it's the hype's there. and It doesn't quite do what everybody said it does. And so it falls away. And then it slowly builds back up to the point of, you know, the tipping point, if you like. And I think it feels to me as if RFID, it launched, there was a vast amount of hype. Lots of people looked at it and they went, ah, okay. So it's not quite as good as it is. We might be able to put a, you know, use it for tagging pallets, but it's certainly not at, you know, item level at that point. I don't know if you get some foil or magnetic doors too close to it, it didn't work and entire yeah. half, half lorry loads were missed. And then it's come back up and it feels like it's now, it's at the point where it does what people were claiming it was going to do 10 years ago. And people are looking at it again and going, oh, okay. We, and it's really become a staple, hasn't it? It's a must have now. I mean, it's got to yeah. be how it feels to you. Yeah, look, the adopters curve piece, um, economies of scale drive these these innovations and efficiencies and, and commodity price reductions and all these inputs play into RFID and, and it's it's well known that the, the the types of scale generated by Walmart in particular put us in a situation where yeah the technology was always the technology always worked mm. and there was a uh, it was a time when labels and handheld devices and the actual the, the actual ability to interrogate tags was was quite intense. It was quite capital intensive. But as scale increases, you know, commodity pricing comes down across all aspects of the ecosystem of the tech ecosystem, right? And and as more retailers put more input into the software, the, the iterative nature of software it becomes. Uh, sharper and keener and more intuitive so yeah absolutely it what seemed what seemed impossible in terms of environmental uh, applications for rfid now changes it about just about every six months there's a new technology in chip sensitivity or in or inlay applications across temperature and adverse conditions or hostile environments so there's really not a lot it can't do um, and, I, and I think it's good that in a lot of ways we've moved past the fact or the, this pilot mindset where we have to test the technology. Now we're, we understand the technology works and, and there's more of a, a deployment uh, mindset rather than test and learn and, and does it actually work. Proof of concept, not so much now. It's really about absolutely that there's enough social proof and physical environments to understand that hey, the technology works, but it's got to fit the numbers and the numbers have to stack up. So look, so I think we're at the point, you know, the general consensus is it works, it's a must have, we know the things it's it's great at. So just you and I talking, nobody else yeah. is listening. Is there anything it's not quite there with yet? Is there a kind of, you know, there's, a, there's an evolution coming every six months and we know from inventory accuracy, but what, what's the bump in the road still? What's the bit where you go, eh, that's not quite, yeah, that's its weak point. Yeah, I, I, I'm, on the, I'm on the side of, it, it does lots of things really well. But I think if, you, if you're asking the technology to work outside of its physical limitations, that's when you're going to get a little bit stuck, right? So um, 
overhead systems at, at exits, uh, say RFID, work fantastic, but you've got to install them within a particular parameter. It's got to be technically installed correctly. So I think there's a, two guys talking, I think there's a piece where um, store design example it, it is a great example. It's got to work really closely with the technology providers or, or myself to understand it's going to work, but we need a, 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 an aesthetic way to install it within its set specific capabilities or with its technical requirements. And um, I, th I think fixed infrastructure is, is, is interesting. I mean, I, I think there's um, big wide open spaces where you're trying to read top down. I think there's a lot of test and learn in that space. And even, even robots to an extent, I think, um, robots up and down a parallel aisle, fantastic. But when you're asking them to do really difficult floor plans, you probably need to do some supplemental reads with handheld devices to get the inventory visibility to 98, 99%, right? So I think, I think it does lots and lots and lots of things really, really well. I, th I think there's still some things there where it's almost an operational respect for the technology because it really does, it needs to operate within its technical limitations. And it does feel, you know, talking to a few people that have had problems and it seems to be where, you know, the new store team or, you know, the refit team have just operated in isolation and they've rolled yeah. something out and they go, oh, look at this fabulous new double height opening that we've got that's complete. And it's like, okay, so, We've already signed off at board level. We're having this technology. Where does it go? And it's like, yeah. oh, well, that's not our remit. We, yeah. And so the different teams haven't been involved. And then are you suddenly retrofitting something at, at, uh, at entry and exit? And you've got readers hanging from poles from the ceiling. And the whole idea of this open concept's just gone out the window because you've got these oddities just ruining the display. So, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's, it's making sure everybody connects together, isn't it? Yeah, look, it, these are all top-down uh, conversations. When, you, when you're talking uh, RFID in particular, it takes ownership or CEO-level um, endorsement, and then the business needs to mobilise in and under that. So, yeah, but, but bringing all the stakeholders together, um, you know, ops, IT, store design, merchandise, uh, logistics, DC, manufacturing, but they all have to be in the room because... Yeah. You can't do it in a silo. So, uh, yes, I was um, privy to a conversation a retailer was having about RFI deployment and, and they, they totted up and they worked out they needed 23 uh, different departments within the organisation to be round the table and bought into the concept because yeah. each was impacted slightly. And they said they'd never had, you know, so many different departments. I think the previous record was 13, if I remember correctly. So this took it to a whole new level in terms of, who needed to know what was going on and, and how it fitted, albeit a big or a small level. So yeah. look, you and I, you know, on the side of RFID is a kind of a, a must-have, but in terms of adoption levels of, of retailers, mm. I mean, you look around the world, is it uniformed in terms of rolling out or is the hot spots where the majority have, have gone down the route and then cold spots where you think, I just don't get it? What What's your take on, on, on the sort of rollout globally? Yeah, look, I'm 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 in the hot to warm. I think it's a global 
it's a global known that inventory accuracy leads to better fulfillment and, and sell to the last unit uh, mindset. So I think we, we, we've seen yeah, Decathlon, whether it's Uniqlo, Inditex, Zara, Nike, Adidas, uh, all doubling down on RFID. They're all understanding that there is, there is enormous financial gain top line sales, but also enormous efficiencies to be driven from the technology. You know, so, you know, processing, uh, manufacturing orders faster, receiving orders faster through compressing the cash, uh, the, the order to cash cycle, removing tasks in store so that, you know, team members get to talk to customers and not do tasks. So I, I, I'm in the hot zone, um, a little bit warm, not quite hot in Australia yet, um, but there's different reasons for that. I mean, it's um, where it, globally, it's it, it's almost like demand is outstripping supply. There's so much happening in North America and Europe and Asia that we, we run into chip shortages, we run into hardware shortages, I mean, software engineering, uh, there's overload in that particular um, uh, support area for software. So yeah, I'm I'm hot. It's it's going. Um, it does what it does really well. You know, it's it's all at its core. It's just giving item level visibility, which previously didn't exist. But you know, it's very a little bit warm. So, I mean, you mentioned there. You know, Australia, New Zealand, maybe a, a little bit behind other parts of the world with their adoption. And yes, there is the sort of the physical chip shortages. Is there a mindset? lag as well you know the retailers that haven't adopted do they do they know they need to do it or are they still thinking eh, we should perhaps have a look at it is it you know because yeah. it can't just be the fact that well i can't get the chips or the you know there's a there's a bit of a supply no. issue you know yeah. the where there's a will there's a way and all that so you know is, are, are you working on shifting mindset or are they already on board on that bit do you think yeah, you've got, to, you've got to shift the mindset. It's, it's, it's a great question. I mean, you, you've got to realise you've got a problem b before you understand how to fix it. You know, it it's, we've got to discover the why. And what all the, adoption, what all the adopters globally have understood is that inventory inaccuracy is a business killer. And IHL Group have released some fantastic data recently that, you know, Non-RFID adopters are anywhere between 20 to 35 percent inaccurate in their stock holding, and 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 it's costing companies globally billions of dollars. So, if you if you understand that you've got all your stock, there's a lot of time and energy and resource invested in in creating stock, but if you can't get the stock or you don't have visibility of the stock to get it to your customer, then that's really illogical. You need to be able to get it to the customer and have full visibility so it can be sold. And I think there's, there's a, uh, as I mentioned before, the C, there has to be CEO ownership. There has to be this, this company-wide, all chips in that inventory accuracy leads to sales uplift and it leads to uh, re reduction in costs. So, and, and time and efficiency benefits. 
So we're in this situation where there's a lot of there was a lot of time spent on um, mechanisms to offer stock. You know, post COVID or during COVID, we got really good at showing the type of stuff that we had to sell via all our omni-channel um, options to the customer, front-facing the customer. But we're really still very bad at making sure that all of our stock was available for sale. And that, that's, that's kind of an illogical position. But if we, if we understand that lots and lots of teams were working on lots and lots of different technologies to offer our product, um, there's very little bandwidth left for a project like RFID, as important as it is, because everyone's looking at other things. They just don't have the bandwidth to do it. So one of the reasons I exist is to make sure that people have that understanding that, that, that someone can run a project that is really quite big and complex, but without taking resource away from the stuff that they might be focusing on. But at its core, you've got to have your inventory available for sale. It's, it's really quite a simple proposition. For every type of business, the power of a data-driven security video management system designed to give you total control anywhere, anytime, 3X Logic. And then it almost feels, you know, people you're saying don't have the bandwidth to, uh, to sort of look at the project. But I would say just about every leading retailer, you know, the most successful around the world will tell you that inventory accuracy is the foundation with which success is built on and i'm guessing yeah. country like australia where often people travel long distances to stores maybe they you know think something's in stock or the whole click and collect which is sort of evolving at different paces around the world to then arrive and find something out of stock when you've been told it's there or it doesn't ship on time i mean it is just you know the fastest way to upset a customer lose a customer yeah. you know people go online and and tell the the bad news story and and pass it on i mean it really you know to say you've not got the bandwidth to look at this just seems you know crazy um you know and then yeah. people post you know profits warnings or it's tough out there so it's like well you know that the, there's you got to help yourself a little bit yeah you, you you've got to be self-aware and, and, and as i mentioned it, the adopters understand the issue and that's why they've gone so, and especially when, you know, we've got a really constricted labour market, really good talent is hard to find. It's hard to get people into, to, to work in your store, in your store teams, good staff, hard to find. And, and they're costing more. And, and, and if, you, if you look at the consumer side, um, there's a tightening in the spend in the consumer end. So we, we there's no reason... If you're paying more for staff and staff are hard to find, why tie them down with tasks? You have to release them to front face the customer with efficiency and you have to empower them. So, and, and here's the thing, if we, if we get a tightening spend in the marketplace, which you know, Combank and NAB here locally have said is coming, there's gonna be some, some restrictions or constriction in the spend from consumer level. You, you really need to get every last unit available for sale. You, you can't have out of stocks. Uh, it's going to be very difficult to either generate you know, top line sales or control your costs without a technology like RFID.
Yeah, and it's, you know, you, you say all the predictions are it's coming. The US, it's been there and arguing in some areas yeah. they're coming out the other side. You know, here in Europe, we are right in the middle of that at the moment. You know, it's, uh, uh, and and we're seeing it, you know, sort of Middle East, Southeast Asia. It, it's on it's on the way because it's a, it's, it's a global ripple. So, you know, it's, it, I think you're starting to see it in, uh, uh, in Australia and surrounding areas, but, you know, I'm, I'm pretty confident to say it's coming because, and you can see the implications of that because, you know, other people have experienced it. So you've just got to look up above the parapet and out into the rest of the world and, you know, you know what's on the horizon. So, yeah. I mean, do you think there's a disconnect between sort of inventory control and, and customer expectations is all of this? Is is it, you know, pulling in opposite directions? Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's, that's disconnect's a great word. Yeah, I think it is a definite disconnect. I mean, there's, um, we, we've already talked about the the inaccuracy that, that we understand that most retailers exist in, especially non-RFID utilizers uh, existed. And, there's uh, that, that disconnect. If I'm a if I'm a customer in Australia, that disconnect manifests itself in that inaccuracy piece becomes. If I walk in and go, "Have you got this in my size?" The the, the disconnect is that with the non RFID user, the answer is, "Oh, hang on a sec, let me check. I don't think so, but let me just check out the back." There's a dis and you've broken the customer. You've broken that link with the customer. You've broken that relationship with the customer. But in RFID terms, that should be, you know, absolutely, yes, we've got it in your size, we've got it in three other colours, I can show you on screen, uh, and there's some fantastic uh, belt and, and, and pant options, or belt and shoe options, whatever they are, but they're all interlinked. Um, and in terms of, that, that's the physical customer, but if you're online, the, the disconnect happens to be that the most businesses will run inventory buffers in their back-end transactions because they're not sure that they've actually got that item to, to purchase. Or they might send that transaction to the store because their book stock says that it's actually there, but in physical terms, it's not there. Um, so RFID adopters know that there's no buffers in the back-end and, and every item that's available physically in that store is available for sale. So yeah, I think there's a real disconnect and and that leads to pain in, in top line sales. And and I, you know, on that, you know, I had a personal experience of little, little more than a week ago. So next, a big uh, UK based yeah. fashion brand. And um, uh, we were looking something, my boys are 10 and 11. And so, you know, oh, have you got this in a, you know, 11 to 12 year old? Uh, or no, we've not, but I can see it's in the warehouse. We can get it to you tomorrow. However, mm -hmm. while you're here, have you considered the red one? No, we, we don't want the red one. Well, try it on, make sure it fits before I order you the blue one. And the thing, yeah. and it was, and, and the, the assistant was literally gone for 20 seconds, appeared, knew that the, the, the red one was on the shelf. It was tried on. And before you know it, you've gone in for, a couple of t-shirts expecting to spend you know fifty dollars and two hundred and fifty dollars later you've left with some products and more on the way i mean the the upsell the whole experience oh. and then when you return items you'll say oh i bought this at such and such a store and they'll go yes i can see you bought this it's item level as well um in terms yes. of the stock control and so 
the whole experience. And so you gravitate there. You know, Zara is very similar. And we, as many shoppers are, you avoid the stores which are difficult to do business with. Um, and, you know, it is just a sort of self-fulfilling prophecy, isn't it? You know, in terms of yeah. it's no surprise that the retailers that are doing well, they've got their stuff together. Um, but, it, you know, it, it is that upsell, cross-sell. It's there. Can we help you? Yeah. The terminals are in the assistant's hands. Yeah, I had a few phone conversations recently where uh, where C-level uh, clients have come back from overseas and, and they've said, Steve, it's everywhere. We, we, we went into pretty much every store on the high street and what are you guys doing in Australia? We're from Australia, blah, blah, blah. Uh, do you use RFID? Absolutely. We do. We, what are you guys doing with RFID down there? Well, we're not quite. We haven't. Mm, mm. And, and the comments generally are, "You guys are crazy." You know, we, we've had it for ten years, and and in Europe and North America, you know, across Asia as well, it, really good staff gravitate between RFID users. You know, it, they they very rarely go back to a a store or a chain or an enterprise that doesn't have RFID because they understand how powerful it is at staff level, at team member level. So, yeah, absolutely, I agree. I mean, there's there's a promise to the customer when they come in to a store or the expectation is when they go from an, RF, not, from an RFID store to a non-RFID store, that there's not only a brand promise, there's almost this, I, I can't do this anymore there's there's it's it's such a different experience when i go to an rfid enabled store yeah it, it's a, it's a completely different experience and uh yeah it's it's just just a world apart from a customer's place so come on then steve look yep. other than you explaining and other people explaining the reasons why let's call them a modern retailer needs it what really you know the, there's people yeah people are now traveling abroad so the sea level execs from the Australian retailers that don't have it go into other stores, they're having conversations. What is is there one big player in the Australian market needs to make the jump and they'll fall like dominoes? I mean, there's you know, you must get tired yeah. of hearing your own voice sometime. You list all the reasons, there's global validation, you know, the most successful, you know, particularly apparel retailers, but other retailers on the planet will openly say this is the number one thing on their wish list but we're still not there yeah well it's I, I go back to my earlier comments I mean you know people are in their business they're working in their business but they may not necessarily be working on their business so uh look I, I think the self-awareness piece we're close to it um uh, the, the, the market pre-covid had tipped the awareness was there and, and now post-COVID, we're coming back to this really, this really rich vein of momentum. And, and there's lots of projects that will become public in the back end of 24, early 25, that the market will go, yeah, well, we, 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 we're now behind. And, and, and businesses that start in 24, 25 will, will be two years behind, almost three years behind. So... I look, I, I think it's coming. I'm always, I'm, all, I'm the eternal optimist, but from 
what I'm from what we're working with, absolutely. The the awareness is at a level where now it's how do we fit it into the strategic path? I mean, you've got you know, top line sales, efficiencies, customer fulfillment or customer delight. We understand that that's where it is. But when you talk circularity, sustainability, uh, ethical trace, digital trace, um, when you want to tell a story of the item, if you want to get, uh, if you want to look at uh, the, again, the, the traceability piece, RFID or digital trace, inventory visibility, it, it all plays into that. So um, I'm gonna, I think it's really going to be really hard for companies to, to have ESG reporting without RFID digital trace at, in, at item level. I think that's going to be a real, I think that's going to be a real motivator. Um, apart from the fact that we already know that it works, right? It, it, it's so much social proof. But I think when it comes to full visibility of your transparency of supply chain, raw materials, construction of garment in particular, but of, of any commodity, I, I think digital trace and RFID are going to be really, really important. But maybe we need the uh, look inventory uh, stock price tracker uh, to, <laughs> to, to show us RFID enabled companies, you know, mid enablement and no RFID and uh, and see what it does to uh, sales and share price. So, uh, you know, that, that's always a, a leverage. That's point a good as one. Well, isn't it? That, that's a good one. I'm looking for. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll pull that together. and We'll, we'll start to post that. There you go. So uh, there you go. have that one for free. So we look for that being Thanks, uh, picked up on the morning news as well. Yeah, this quarter's look inventory uh, RFID tracker. So look, good news that uh, that that uh, we're getting some traction. And more good news is that you're going to be with us uh, at Retail Risk Melbourne on the 3rd of August yeah. at, at the MCG, probably one of, if not my favourite venue around the world we go to. What what are you doing there? What What can people expect other than your eternal optimism? Oh, look, I mean, whether it's Melbourne or Sydney, both fantastic um, venues, but of course the MCG, yeah, Melbourne's close to our heart. So uh, look, look, apart from seeing your, your, your fine self there um, and, and being a sponsor of the event, of course, look, um, just it's great to make contact with the, the project teams that we know are working on RFID in the different retailers to see where they're at. Uh, and, and also to make contact with with organizations and, and companies that are, that are trying to understand their why, you know, how do we start? Why would we do it? You know, what am I going to point it at? Um, but look, there's always, you always have new technology coming into the marketplace. You, you, you guys always have this ability to bring something new, whether it's, uh, and, and especially the international speakers um, who, who have got great market intel. Um, so yeah, all, all those things combined, that's that's what I'm looking forward to. Fantastic. And we, we've got you on the agenda talking all things RFID as well for those that want to know. We've got a little intimate workshop so you can get the inner secrets, I think I'm right in saying as well. I look forward to delivering it as always, but yeah, that's that's always a fun conversation. Fantastic. Um, Steve, it's always a, a pleasure uh, to catch up. You've always got uh, really uh, useful and uh, insightful knowledge to share so thank you for taking the time to join me today um, and i'm very excited to see you in person at the mcg in the very very near future but for now steve thank you very much indeed
Cheers, Paul. Great. See you soon. 